When the bumps began to fall Now where were you, my dear? Did you think a plane would come and save you from this wreck? I'm sorry, but you were wrong Let's hop a train, get out of here There's but one left that'll take us where we need to go We all knew that it was gonna end this way So hold my hand and there'll be nothing to fear If you're afraid, we'll get some beer If you're still afraid, well then we'll get some whiskey too And we'll drink it till we can't remember our own names Smash those bottles against the remains of this machine So when the sun falls to the sea And everything we thought we had is gone May we wake up bathed in a glorious radiant dawn Pick ourselves up, move right along Okay, and we're uh, starting. <laughs> Sorry. Whenever you start, it sounds like a, you're starting a microwave. Oh, it <laughs> is? Like little beeps and boops. Yeah, I know. It's uh, one of the joys of using a voice recorder. It sounds good, though. I mean, I, I used to have one a while ago. I think I, I do still have it. I can't remember where it is. But uh, they're good. All right, uh, let's get this started. Howdy, yes. fo- howdy, folks. Uh, welcome to the Garrett Schalke podcast. I am your host, Garrett Schalke, and uh, today we have a reoccurring guest. He is, uh, he is a local comedian, a writer, podcaster, co-host of the Carrot podcast, and this better be good. And uh, well, I'm not sure about this part, but we could debate it later. A human? Yeah. Yeah, that's something we're going to have to talk about, because I'm not really sure on that part. But, <sighs> but then again, uh, it's not just you. I've been feeling that way about a lot of so-called people in this world these days. Yeah, it's all, no one feels like one anymore. I mean, this is just... Yep. Uh, yep, anyway, he has uh, recently released a comedy special in the EP called... Uh, Slight return, and today we're here to chat about it, among other things, folks. Uh, once again, welcome to the co- to the podcast, Garrett Elzinga. Yeah, that's me. This is the sound of my voice. Yep, coming over the phone. We're both here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, living up in this cool fall weather. Yeah, I am outside. Uh, hopefully, it's not too windy. I'm sure you can hear the. Uh, uh, Whatever that thing's called, wind chime. Yeah, in fact, you're in the process of moving, which is a perfect time to do a podcast. Yes, gives me a little break. <laughs> okay, well, ser- <laughs> seriously, dude, uh, thanks for taking the time to come on. For sure, thanks for having me. Yep, alright, Garrett, uh, last time you were on the podcast, you uh, actually took the time to be part of my COVID life series, where we... Uh, Talked about your life along with some other guests, like right when the pandemic started. <laughs> so yesterday. <laughs> oh, it feel, uh, feels like it, man. Uh-huh. So uh, I think a good way to start off this podcast is to uh, 
give a little update. Like, how's your life been lately? Since, uh, last time I remembered, we, uh, talked about, like, your first reactions and dealing with, uh, unemployment and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's all the same. Um, if, if not worse, mentally and physically, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, just trying to keep busy, but you're hindered by everyone else's actions in life. So that's, that's that. Okay. Well, uh, if I remember right from last time I talked to you, I did say that I hoped the next time we talked, it would be, uh, under vastly better circumstances, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. does seem like that's come true. Yeah, I mean, the, I put together a special um, from different camera angles and different shows at Dr. Brin's in June. Um, the club has since closed again, but uh, I, we had a couple shows there, so I recorded those, and then it's a special on YouTube and then also audio. Um, so it's an EP on, on everything. And that was a nice thing to keep my mind busy. Um, and then I put all of my albums on CD. So if people want analog when the world ends, then, uh, you know, you can put it into a boombox or something and listen to it. Oh, very nice. You can, uh, you can listen to a bullet biter or, uh, your very first album, you know, as you drive first. through. As you drive through the wastelands trying to find gasoline. Yes. I mean, it's perfect, perfect end-of-the-world uh, ambiance. Yep, because, hey, even we need to laugh as we all descend into a uh, social hierarchy. Social anarchy. Uh-huh. All right, well, well, like I said, I wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, I'm glad you're here to talk, man. Uh-huh. It's, good, it's, it's good to talk to you again. Let's get to you too. Yep. And uh, how about we get to the topic at hand, the one I wanted to talk to you about? Slight Return, your newest comedy special and your newest album. Yeah. Yep. Let's get right to it. Uh, can you summarize what Slight Return is about? So it's basically um, jokes that probably won't work after the. Uh after the pandemic, um, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's inspired by, you know, coronavirus itself and just some observations I had during the thing. Um, and it's still going on now, so it's still relevant, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put something out. I mean, there's so many times where, you know, someone said this, I can't remember who, but it was, um, someone that works for Spotify, I guess, but it's like a content curator or something like that owner. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, he was saying like, it used to be bands would just, you know, put out an album tour and then not do anything for, you know, two years or three years. And that's not the case anymore. You need to constantly put out content. And I'm like, how fucking oh, sad, yes. how sad is that? That it's like, you can't just put together a piece of art and then, yes, let everyone listen to it, and I'm going to work on my next piece of art. Now everyone has to just keep putting things out so you stay in the in the zeitgeist. So I was like, well, I should probably do that with comedy. So I have these recordings I can put together an EP from it, so that's what I did. I just put out Slight Return. Okay, and uh, 
How about, let's get back to, let's get into a little history of the EP. It was uh, recorded at uh, Dr. Grin's, located in the Bob in downtown downtown Grand Rapids. And uh, if I recall right, Dr. Grin's closed back in March, like when this shit all first began, correct? Yeah, yeah. And uh, when did it reopen? It opened in June, uh, middle of June for... Seven shows. We had one full weekend, so it was a Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, and then the next week was a Thursday and a Friday show, and then the rest were canceled. Okay, and uh, wait, you you said before that you do work for Dr. Grins, correct? Yeah, I'm the MC, so I'm employed there. Okay, so uh, you would definitely know the answers to these these questions here. Um... When it reopened, uh, what restrictions were they under? We were at, I think, 50%, or maybe it was like 75% capacity, but we never went above 40, I'd say. So, mm-hmm. I think the most we had in the room was probably 70, 70 people one night, and that was like the last Friday show we had. Okay. And then, uh, it was social distance tables, so if you were with a party, then you were all together, but if you were not, then you were away from them. We had the waitresses, um, they had gloves, masks, all that stuff. We had You had to have a mask when you got up from your table, or walking around the room, or going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. We had sanitizer everywhere, um, and we swapped out mics, so each comic had their own mic, so... You would like just you know sanitize your hands, go up, touch the mic, the microphone, whatever, and then unplug it, and then plug in the new microphone when the new comic got on. So it was a thing that it's like a little weird, but once you get into it, it's fine. And then um, you know you would sanitize the mic stand between shows and everything like that. Okay, and uh, this applied for Doctor Grins, which is a. Uh cozy little comedy club, I believe on the third floor of the Bob? Yeah. Yeah, uh, did did these restrictions apply for the rest of the Bob, or were they more restrictive or less? I don't know. When I was there, I tried to avoid everybody. Um, But, you know, they sold masks at the front of the building. Um, Wait, they sold them? Yeah, in case you didn't have your own, you could buy one for a dollar. Oof. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, hmm. But that's the thing. It's like it's on the album. If, you, if people listen, there's a, it's a group from Indiana that came to the show. And uh, if you if you want to listen to the album, you can hear it on there. But it's basically an interaction I had with them where I'm like, oh, you came from Indiana. How are cases there? And they're like, oh, it's really relaxed. I'm like, that doesn't answer my question <laughs> at all. How are cases there? And they're like, well, I mean, no one really has to wear masks. And I'm like, is this a Facebook argument right now? Like, you're not answering my fucking question. My question, how are the cases, like, what's the average per day? And then someone looks it up. And it was less than Michigan at the time. And I was like, well, great. Now you're going to bring it back. That's what I was trying to get to. And uh, it's, it's just, a, it's like an awkward exchange. But I think that's the point. That's... I didn't have to include it on the album, but I did because I think it's a perfect statement of what times we're living in right now. It's just all this disinformation. 
there are people that still don't understand that it is it can be asymptomatic. You have to look at it as everyone has it. So stop playing dumb and you could have it and then give it to someone. Maybe you won't die, but someone else could. It's this chain reaction and exponential growth. And all it takes is reading past the first sentence in an article. That's all you have to do. And people are still not doing it. We're seven months into this and it makes me, it's just infuriating. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I actually remember a couple months ago when they were comparing the differences between Michigan and other Midwest states. I guess they were saying that Indiana was so loose with their restrictions that they uh, had like a billboard somewhere along the Michigan-Indiana border, you know, taunting and welcoming Michiganders to come to Indiana because of how less restrictive it was. So dumb. <sighs> All right. So, uh, okay. So you you said that the that uh, Grins was open for about a week until it closed back down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the re- the rest of the building is open. Um, oh, it is. Now, yeah. So there's E. That's the dance floor that I think they turned into more of like a lounge. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how restrictions are. I don't know how cases are. I don't know. I know. I know that we had to close down because. There was someone that tested positive in the beer garden that worked there. And the second floor, um, the staff, like, protested. Because they're like, we're really? not coming in if, you know, this is happening or something. I can't remember if it was, like, restrictions or if it was, like, no pay. Not no pay, but something. I can't remember. Huh. But then there was uh, no staff, so the second floor was just completely closed. Like, that's a restaurant. And then... Yeah, it, it was. It's just. I don't know what's going on there now, though. I haven't heard anything. I haven't went in, so it's just still unemployed. Okay, and uh, how many performances make up Slight Return? Seven. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so, so you performed all seven days. Yeah, all seven shows. Really? Um, hmm. Yeah. So I am seeing. So I emceed the first weekend, that was five shows, and then the second weekend was two shows, so that's seven. But there's audio snippets from each one, but it's all it's all seamlessly put together, just like the previous one, Bullet Biter, is. But Bullet Biter is like, if you want to if you want to hear how the plight of the MC is with full shows, you listen to that, and there's a lot of laughs on there. But then Slight Return is like, it's just a perfect time capsule of what those weekends were performing during a, a lockdown. All right. And, uh, during those, uh, days that you performed, uh, what were, what were the crowds like during your performances? How did they like react to the COVID restrictions within the club? I think everyone was fine with the restrictions. I mean, if you listen to that one, that one part with the weird interaction with the people from Indiana, and then there's another table there that doesn't want to talk about Corona. And then I go into, I go into that a little bit, but, um, we were, it was also right around the time of black lives matter, um, having a resurgence because of George Floyd. So it was going in, I was going in with like a lot of, you know, racial anger. Um, so I think most people responded well to it, but there's always the, 
know, the people that don't know what to think and stuff like that. It's like, I'm also not going to do a lot of old material because I don't want to do it. I haven't done comedy in so long. So I'm going to do the new thoughts I've been coming up with. And, you know, hopefully the jokes are good. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a snapshot in time. I mean, those jokes aren't going to be worth anything in, you know, a couple months from now, hopefully, when we get a vaccine. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, first of all, uh, that's that uh, thing that's next to you doing that little jingle jangle. Oh, yeah, the wind chime. It's very windy outside. Yeah. I'm very much enjoying it. Oh, okay. Well, good. I, sh- I should do another album where I put music on it. That'll be good. <laughs> okay. Just, just me angrily ranting while there's like a oboe playing in the background. ASMR right there. Yeah. Okay, and uh, you did mention that some folks there did not want you to do uh, COVID jokes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what, what was, like, the overall reaction aside from, like, that one person or group? The overall reaction, um, also, so going into it as the MC, you're not respected. So it's this fine line that you have to toe. But I think mostly people were excited to be out and about. But there's also this weird thing of they're relating to the material because they've all had those thoughts or they've all, you know, heard someone say those thoughts. But uh, you know, just still able to react to it. And then there's there's also the group of like we don't want to talk about this, we don't want to hear about it, we're just happy to be out. But. I don't know. It's it's all so up in the air. And the weird thing too is like it's it's some it's a lot of laughing, but it's a weird way of laughing because there's not a lot of people there. I mean, if you listen to it or you watch it, you can hear that there's maybe 15 people in max or 20 people in max. I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah think not that's pretty much it. yeah, not much laughing, not the usual heckling that occurs. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, we talked about the audience, but uh, let's talk about you. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what we're here to talk about, right? You. Oh, me. Yep, here on the, this isn't the Garrett Schalke podcast, this is the Garrett Elzinga podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, two parts of this question. Uh, I'm interested to know how you felt uh, performing since you haven't done it in three months, you said on the special. And uh, the other one is, I want to know how you felt performing, well, in the midst of a pandemic. You know, was there, like, any anxieties going into it? Yeah, 100%. Um, It's also why I have not done comedy since, because the only, like, I talked to VP, the manager, and we talked about stuff that we could do, like... You know, there's such a big layout for what's going on with people dining into places or visiting places. It's like it has to be capacity. It has to be, you know, I mean, masks and all that stuff and sanitizing. But there's the thing, like the aspect of performers that no one's even thinking about, really. I mean, I think there's open mics, like which I haven't gone to, but they'll put like microphone condoms on the microphones. (laughs) Microphone condoms? Yeah, you put it over the top of it. So it's like. Each new person, you know, gets put on top, and then, 
spreading germs or like they're sanitizing the microphones, which is good. But I think this was before all that stuff was happening. So we were trying to figure out what to do. So it's like, well, I mean, if it's in the budget for the club, then get a new microphone because we already had another one. So if we got three, we can swap them and sanitize them. And I'm like, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But I've been asked to do shows, and I'm like, so what are you guys doing for the restrictions for the, the comics? And they're like, oh, we didn't even think of it. I'm like, yeah, fucking, I don't want to be here. I don't want to go. There's no chance. No thanks. So I've just been not doing shows. But yeah, I mean, you go in with anxieties, and it... For me, I think I have taken this like to another level of paranoia that I wish everyone else was on board with me because it's science and it's something that I don't think a lot of people understand. And I know that I have to read something multiple times before I grasp it, but I'm open to the information. It's, it's like if people are fighting this knowledge, you know, what have scientists done to you? I don't understand this, this bigger that people have for scientists. I don't understand. So I'm, I'm open to all of it. So I think that increases that heightened skeptic, not skepticism, but apprehension. Hmm. So I'm apprehensive. I don't think it's paranoia. But, you know, went in with that. And the moment I set foot on stage on that first Thursday, I was like, this feels amazing. I haven't felt this good doing comedy in years. And then the next show Friday, I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so. Uh, so you adjusted, you could say. Yeah, yeah. That Thursday was great, but the, the rest of them were like, all right, we're back at it. You guys hate me. Great. <laughs> okay, because uh, not only you, but like seeing other public speakers and politicians like Whitmer and Biden, for example, you know how they, they always get up to the mic, take off their mask and start speaking. Like, I can understand switching out mics, you know, you're staying away from the crowd, but yeah. it's, it's like still, you're in a uh, crowded space, and you're taking off the mask, it's like, uh, it, yeah. it's, it's uh, as someone who, like, performs, like, every now and again, you know, every blue moon, uh, it's something that I could not do in the middle of this, because even I would be way too paranoid. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, and there's so many people doing shows now, too, where I don't know if those restrictions are in place. I don't know if they're swapping mics. I don't know if they're sanitizing stuff. I, I don't know. So, going forward, if we can just do that again and not shake hands, uh, I don't know. But, uh, whatever. <laughs> okay. I, it's, it's all so up in the air. It's so hard to even talk about it. All right, uh, we talked about the COVID anxiety. How about, I guess, just the fact that you hadn't performed in three months? Like, have you ever gone through, like, a uh, dry spell like that before? Uh, no. I, I mean, even when I had pneumonia, that was in September of last year. Uh, I did, I was sick. And I didn't realize it was pneumonia. Or I didn't realize that it could be pneumonia until a couple days later. So I did a show on Thursday. I did two shows on Friday. And then that Saturday, I had someone fill in for me. And then 
Sunday I canceled the show, and then I didn't have another show scheduled until I think that next Wednesday. But by that time, I wasn't um, contagious anymore because I'd taken all of the medicine. Mm -hmm. So I still, I mean, that was, you know, a couple canceled shows, but I've gone maybe a week without shows. Three months was like, what? What am I even going to do? I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. But the moment that I found out a show was happening, I went right into comic mode again. So I think when this happens again, because now it's been four months, I'm pretty sure, since the show. Since June? What is this? October now? Yeah, so July, August, September, October. Yeah, four months. Yeah, so now it's like, I don't even have a desire to do comedy. I know that when I do again... It might feel like the Thursday show. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, does anyone know, really? Uh, you know, Fauci knows, but that's it. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I, I won't do any conspiracy theory jokes. <laughs> no, you can. I don't. I don't really care. I don't put much stake in them. Okay, I was about to say, or does he? Yeah, exactly. Dun dun dun. Okay. Yeah, what's What's in it for him to lie? I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how much adrenochrome is he getting from the deep state. Fucking deep state. <laughs> so funny. I know it's funny because we actually do have a deep state. It's called the military-industrial complex. I know, but they'll never say that because they love the truth so much. Oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely not. Where the deep state is the forever wars we're in. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, to to finish out this part, um, how has the reception for Slight Return been? It's been good. Um, let me check right now. It looks like we've had um, about 1,050 streams so far. It's been out for a month. Yeah, congratulations um, on that. So that's good, yeah. Um, in the last 72 days, almost... 42 streams for the first track so that's good i mean it's it helps to be on a playlist on spotify um i sold a couple copies of the album with uh you know cds so that's nice it's been good i mean some views on the youtube you know just taking it easy but that's the nice thing is like it's if you're i mean i edit stuff myself so it's not like i'm paying money to people to do it um and I'm fairly confident in my editing abilities, so, you know, that, that feels good. Yeah. All right. All right. On, uh, okay, you said uh, at Dr. Grin's there were seven shows total. Uh, yeah. who, who else performed that week? Uh, the first weekend we had Tanner Oliver and Tom Jakar, and then the second week, no, I'm sorry. That was the second week. The first week was uh, Kelly Collette and Michael Palisak. They were there. And to my knowledge, none of them had COVID. So that's so we did a good job. Very good. Yeah. Last thing Dr. Grizz needs is to be called, be labeled like a super site, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll raise the profile, but not in the way I think you guys want it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we didn't even... We closed down because it wasn't making a profit. It wasn't... Like, the building had to close and sanitize because of one person testing positive on the first floor. But it's like, you know, there's the paranoia of it. There's the 
apprehension of it, but then there's also like, we're not making a profit. So there's no point in being open. If people can collect unemployment and, you know, I mean, and that's another narrative that's been spread so much where it's like, if you're not working, you're a pussy. That's basically what it is. And it's like, no, I don't want my grandma to die. Yeah, die die for the economy, pretty much. Yeah, die for the economy. It's, but it's not safe. That's the reason. I mean, when we did those shows, I think the average a day for those two weeks in Michigan were maybe under 400 cases, like, you know, from day to day. Uh, and then now it's roughly, what, 1,500, ranging from 1,500 to 2,000 a day? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, you know, we did so great, and everything opened up, and then people stopped going by the... Uh, you know, the masks and social distancing, everyone started hanging out, going to their vacation places, and it all shoots up. And that's the thing, too, is, like, judging from those people coming from Indiana, I mean, people can travel from state to state. So let's say that you're in Michigan, cases are low, but you have it, not knowing it. You go to Arizona, wasn't anything there, and then you come back, and then now Arizona has a huge spike because multiple people travel from a place that had it, goes to a place that didn't have it, and now that place has it. So the same thing happened with Traverse City up north. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything opens. Oh, great. We don't have any cases. Come on in. Oh, no. Now we have cases. Of course, you fucking morons. That's how things work. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. I, I got a story for you you might get a kick out of. Sure, I will. At my job, uh, we got a guy that's call Merrick. He's a uh, fucking dumb. Like mm-hmm. he's not special needs. He's just the dumb guy at work. You know, uh, the guy that like amuses and disillusions you at the same time. That dumb. And uh, a couple months back, when uh, Florida became like ground zero for COVID in America. He decided to take his vacation, his his family, on a uh, weekend vacation to Disneyland. Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Um, all, all the management at my job were just freaking the fuck out. Uh-huh. Like, because they didn't know what to do. Because, uh, honestly, they wouldn't allow you to come to work if you uh, have COVID, but if you... But if you go there and you don't test positive when you come back, it's like, what can you do? That's the thing. It's like you can you can have it in your system and not test positive yet because it hasn't built up the amount that could be registered. So let's say you've worked for three days and then you get tested again. Well, shit, you have it. And you could have spread it those previous three days. But there's not enough testing. Ah, sorry. I, mean, it's, I, I don't... I, I, like, I, I was on Facebook ranting about all this stuff, and then it just kind of, it's, you know, you're, you're only preaching to the converted at some point, mm-hmm. so I've just stopped, but all these things are in my head, and it's, it's been a seven-month continual cycle of me thinking about all these things, because it's the truth. That's how this thing works, and people just don't either care or are willfully ignorant. Yeah, th- this guy falls into the willfully ignorant. Yeah. And uh, to conclude the story, he came back and, well, nothing happened. You know, life uh-huh. went on. But, like, a month or two later, we uh, get the test where they put the thermometer up to your head and shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, he comes in. He's about to be late, like a minute or so before we could clock in. He says to our supervisor, Hey, uh, can I clock in first, then you can test me? What the fuck? He knew he had a temperature then. <laughs> no, no, my supervisor just said, no. Tested him. Yeah, you're good. Go. Wow. Good times at the warehouse. What an idiot. Okay. Okay, uh, <laughs> Okay, to finish up this whole section before we, uh, head off to greener pastures, there's one opinion here I really would like to hear from you. Um, it's basically I want to know about your opinions about, uh, comedy shows being held during this pandemic. And, uh, the reason I ask this is, uh, because one of my favorite podcaster and comedian, his name is, uh, Jake Flores. He, he hosts Pod Damn America and Why You Mad Pod. And, uh, and he's very argumentative, especially on Twitter. And, uh, one thing that he's kind of made a point of since this thing has started, because like you, he's also out of a job pretty much. You know, mostly making money through his podcast and that. But basically, he thinks it's uh, very unethical and unnecessary to have comedy shows during this pandemic. Because of, well, they can spread stuff. And he doesn't see, and and even though he's a comedian, he doesn't see comedy as being necessary. And it should be noted, too, that a lot of the people that he uh, directs this ire to are... uh, more right-wing and libertarian comedians who, you know, don't care about restrictions or thinks that, thinks, you know, ma rights or even, yeah. or who even don't even think the COVID is real. So, uh, as a comedian, so as a comedian who's, you know, done these shows, put out an album where you did, where you did such shows, uh, is it ethical to do comedy shows during this time? Uh, can they even be done in a safe way? I think I think it's a case-by-case basis. I know there are clubs that are doing it right now that have restrictions in place and there have not been rising cases. And I also know that there are clubs that are open that are run by people who I don't trust. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's probably a good idea there. Uh, there's also states that have just through the roof numbers in their opening clubs, or they have opening clubs, and it's like, this is just a bad idea all around. I mean, even if you have restrictions in place, but your state has, like, upwards of a thousand cases a day, what the fuck are you doing? So, I think it's a case-by-case basis. I know there's the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, and they've done some weekends of shows, and uh, they have the comics wear masks while they perform, um, which is a good restriction. It's it's just that thing of like you're still touching the microphone though that a previous person has touched. That's why with grins, I wanted to implement a swapping of mics, so you're at least minimizing mm-hmm. that from comic to comic. Um, there's also like crowd control. It's like, how, can you control all these people? Um, are they going to abide by the, uh, the restrictions? Um, and it depends on the state as well. So, or the city even, I mean, there's, you know, there's bars that are in this state that are not abiding by them and they're in, you know, shithole 
cities. And I'm just going to say shithole cities. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm you're, not a you're, fucking politician. I don't care. You're telling the truth, though. That's the thing. Sorry. And and you're not being a big racist fascist dude either. No, I mean, no. Nor, nor are you restricting travel to such shit cities. No, of course not. I think you should have the freedom to travel wherever you want. I just think that you should have the freedom and also civic duty to not kill people. That's that's every person that's not wearing a mask when they're walking around out. I'm like, you're willfully trying to murder someone. That's what you're doing. Huh. All right, all right, brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did, did I mention that it's good to have you back on again? Man, it's good to talk for a while. Okay, let's uh, let's go on to greener pastures, because because uh, as I was uh, of course writing up questions for this episode, doing research as I do, being the professional that I am, I uh. I believe I discovered that you have a third podcast. I do. Yes, it's uh, called Something Serial. Something Serial. Yeah, that one is... My friend Kevin and I, who do the Carrot, pod, the Carrot Podcast, we, um, we started another one years ago where we would take a deep dive uh, into... You know, just something serial, I guess. That's the whole reason it's named that. We, you know, we would talk about, like, this entry in a franchise followed by the sequel, the sequel, the sequel. So we would talk about a whole franchise of something. And then we only did two episodes, and then we stopped. It just, it just stopped. So the first ones were Mission Impossible. We did the first two movies. And then it stopped. But now we're starting again with um, Batman. Okay, well, first of all, uh, Garrett, uh, I have to ask, how dare you? Oh, no. I mean, we, I mean, I thought I thought we were tight here, man. I knew about the Carrot Podcast. I knew about this better be good, but I did not know about this podcast. I'm very sad to just learn of it just now. Well, it's, it's only because we re-uploaded the episodes onto the Carrot Podcast timeline so you can still get those episodes there but then this the new iteration of it we're doing full episodes of the carrot but then cutting a bunch of stuff out that doesn't pertain to batman specifically mm-hmm. and that'll be on that'll be on the something serial page so if you if you want if you want like a specific strictly batman talking podcast then you can listen to something serial. If you want to hear us be meatballs while we talk about Batman, then you can listen to the Carrot Podcast. It's, it's basically the same thing, just constricted. Uh, okay, okay, you little so-and-so. I will forgive you this time around, but I swear to fuck, if you hide another podcast from me... Nope, <laughs> there's the only ones right now. Okay, this joke is dropping. I'm just gonna continue. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so you just explained in the differences between uh, the Carrot Podcast, and uh, I'm guessing it's different from This Better Be Good because it's not just strictly a review podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about nostalgia. I mean, we've all, that's the thing, too, is like with This Better Be Good, 
it's Mike and I talking about a movie before we see it, like what we're expecting, um, what this could mean because of the director, the cast, the writers, the production company, all this stuff. And then we watch the movie and then we talk about like what we were right about, what we wrong about the movie. Was it actually good, like Sonic the Hedgehog? Um, or was it truly terrible? Like uh, Best movie of 2020, dude. Sonic the Hedgehog. It was pretty great. I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> or, or maybe there, you know, was it terrible? Or did we both disagree? Or, did, you know, uh, Fantasy Island comes to mind. That movie was dog shit. Well, well, folks, if you want to hear Garrett's and I thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog, Go back and listen to the first episode that I had Garrett Elsinga on. Uh, that was a great one. Oh, yeah. I just wish I had the mics that I do now. It would have made, made a lot better. Yeah. Oh, well. Eh, maybe yeah, next time. I mean, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing with, you know, the carrot this season and something serial. It's, like, we've seen the movies already. Uh, we're rewatching them. But... It's, it's this thing where you're kind of like talking about nostalgia and your childhood and what this movie meant to you and and if it still means the same thing I think it's I think it's an interesting thing to talk about okay and uh, what got you and I guess Kevin as well into serialized work like uh, what was there was there a time when uh, you started look at it from a serialized perspective or a particular series or anything like that? No, not really. Uh, we've always just both been fascinated in, uh, by film. We're, we're really big movie film, you know, psychos. So the, the idea of sequels, uh, which we've talked about ad, ad nauseum on The Carrot already in previous episodes, but I think sequels are such an interesting thing because all you have to do is take that world, expand on it, and make it believable. Um, and and it's just nice to actually have that to talk about. So it, it's like, you know, we're trying to put politics aside, but if we can't, it's going to end up on the carrot, and then we'll cut it out, and it'll be on something, and it won't be on something serial. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right, then. Uh can you uh, give me, from in your opinion, the pros and cons of serialized work, especially uh, li- especially like in light of like, I guess the serialized age we are now, like with the MCU, the DCU, or uh, Universal's Dark Universe, which I'm not sure is still going going on or not. No, I think they were. I think they could have started it again with the Invisible Man. Um, which was great, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I I think the pros are that you have a lot of people working for a common goal, um, to, to hopefully make a good movie, um, or even fans. I mean, if you look like that's the best thing about serialized things is because it, it is all things. It's all encompassing. It's, it's art. It's, um, you know, like paintings or sculptures. If, if you look at one person's body of work, that is ser- something serial. Um, bands, their entire discography, um, you know, authors, their books, uh, it, it, or even Stephen King. I mean, he has like the Dark Tower series, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that whole series, that's something serial. Um, 
and movies as well, sequels, that stuff. I mean, I, I just bought the Friday the 13th box set, the Blu-rays, and that is something serial. You have one entry that people are like, well, let's just make a fucking movie and hopefully people see it. And then the sequel, it's like, well, I mean, we the first one was ended. We don't really have anything to go off of. Let's just invent more to the story. And then the third one is dog shit, but they're expanding the story. The fourth one is like, all right, this is it. And it's good. And then the fifth one is, all right, well, let's go in a different direction. Here's a twist. It's not Jason. Nope, this is shit. <laughs> and then the sixth, the sixth one is like, okay, uh, we need, really need to bring Jason back. But well, how do we do it? So the sixth one is all them just looking at you know previous monster movies and making it like a noir kind of film and having these different things come into it and it's like you're looking at something else that was serialized to create something else that's serial Mm -hmm. i i i love that idea and i think that in certain ways it's pros where they make great movies and then in certain ways it's cons where it's like well this album just missed the mark and that's the thing too is you have you have this ability to look back on something in 2020, you can look back at something from 1979 and be like, oh, people just didn't understand this. Like, if you listen to In Through the Outdoor, the Led Zeppelin album, mm-hmm. uh, it's truly terrific, but people just didn't get it. Uh, it it's like, some of the songs that were left off of it ended up on Coda, the 1982 album, and it's, it's pretty, it's punk, man. It, it's it blows my mind how people are like this is shit and then you look back on it and you're like wow this is like some of the best content that they made so i think that's it's mostly pros when it comes to this okay so uh what were some of the cons of serialized work what were some of the what the cons oh uh something just not being good like Batman and Robin, we're definitely going to talk about that. That's definitely a con. Oof! Can't wait for yeah. that. Can't wait for that episode. It's. I, I haven't rewatched it again, but it is, from what my memory, it is so bad. But I think one of the reasons it's so bad is because of studio studio interference, which is a common problem for a lot of movies, and the reason that they're bad. Um, and then also the marketing. Because if you remember in the 90s, everything was like commercialization. So it's like, how can we make a bunch of toys off of this for children to get? What What is interesting to children? So it's like bright colors, multiple Batmobiles, different suits. And it's, you know, they're basically serializing different costumes for Batman to wear. And it's like, well, you got to get this costume, you get this costume, you get this costume. They've serialized toys and action figures. So if you're looking at a movie and making it from that perspective, of course the movie's going to be shit. Of course it's going to be awful. If your only goal is to make money, and how many... And children are the ones that have the most money because the parents want to buy everything for the child in sight. So... That, when that becomes your incentive, that's a con. If money is your incentive, that's a con, for sure. Well, uh, let's actually, let's do a quick preview with that potential episode. Uh, what was your favorite moment in Batman and Robin? 
Freeze mobile. Yeah, sure. And then Robin has his motorcycle, and they're all racing. And then looking at it now, you're like, "This is terrible CG." But back then, as a kid, you're like, "This is exciting," and it's not. Uh, I remember that, and then also the the surfboarding doors <laughs> <laughs> through the sky back down to Gotham, and then Robin getting freeze. Yeah, my two favorite is uh, the the very beginning scene when they're. Rising up on the back out of the back cave to go to the Batmobile, uh-huh. and uh, Robin says, "says I need a car." Batman looks over. Chicks dig the car. <laughs> Batman says, "This is why Superman works alone." Uh, that was yeah. that was legitimately funny. Yeah, but it's it's so funny too because it's just ballsy bringing Superman into this world now, and. It, <laughs> oh god, can, can you imagine Joel Schumacher's version of Superman? Uh no. I can't. I mean, this is something that we talk about. Oh, we also have to get back to your second favorite. But this is the thing that we talk about in something serial and also the carrot this season. But we talk about how 1989's Batman is a good amount of camp and seriousness, but it's totally mismatched it doesn't really make sense in that world it's 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 camp and also serious but batman returns is dark and brooding and perfect and batman forever seems like a sequel to batman 1989 because it's camp and it's serious and it's dealing with darkness at the same time batman and robin feels like a sequel to Batman Returns if Batman Returns was all camp. It's like it's like it's a complete opposite. It's so it's so strange. That entire anthology is the weirdest thing that I think has ever existed <laughs> in the film medium. It's so strange. Oh man, you know, if they did Joel Schumacher's Superman it should be it should be Nicholas Cage, like they were thinking of back in the day. Yeah. Did you ever see those photos of him like wearing the Superman outfit? I have. It's so weird because it's going off of the '90s Superman. So I know. He has, like the the black hair mullet thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, throughout his iterations, a lot of the actors that play Superman, well, they look like Superman. And uh, Nicolas Cage does not look a thing like Superman. No, he doesn't even look like Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of that franchise, so I honestly can't comment on that. Well, if we did that as something serial, it would be two episodes. Um, so that's not enough. Yeah, plus, I, I don't know, I just can't see Cage's acting style, which uh, goes between apathy and and hacky craziness. Like, could you see him just being all calm, you know, up, up, and away? <laughs> I see him 
Come on, boys. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, fucking Brainiac. I'll tear you apart. I've had it with you. All right. Yeah, it's interesting because Tim Burton, his Batman seems like a complete opposite of the Superman, like Donner's Superman from the 70s. Yeah. It seems like that's what they were going for, which is weird because Batman, seemed, like Tim Burton's Batman, seems so claustrophobic and small. And then Superman is. Like, the Donner 70s Superman is so just bombastic and out there and and open. It's like an open world. Uh, you know, especially Kansas and stuff like that. You know, him running against the train and him kicking the football far. It's all these things that kind of open it up. And the city is shot in the city. It feels like New York City, uh, Metropolis. But then Batman is just like, it feels like all sets. It's so strange. But it had a huge budget, so... Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I will say about the Batman series up until uh, Dark Knight, I am glad that they kept Batman just as stiff and as uh, awkwardly mobile as possible. Like, yeah, you because know, he can't turn his head. Oh uh, yeah, we talked about that in the, the episode that just went up this week. So, so when he's like super surprised, he kind of like leans back. He has to like yeah. turn around, shoulder to shoulder. It's like, it's so strange that they couldn't figure out how to make the suit different than that, but... Yeah, but they did in The Dark Knight with uh, Bruce even yeah. saying, like, yeah, it'll be easier to pull the car out of the garage. Mm-hmm. That was a great line. I agree. Uh, what was what was your other favorite thing in Batman? Oh, the second one. Oh, yeah, it's when they first meet Poison Ivy, which uh, uh. was another reason why I liked that movie when I was a kid, because uh, I had a crush on Poison Ivy. Even Interesting. Though, yeah, I know. Uh, paging Dr. Freud. But, uh... Yeah. But it was a scene when they first meet Poison Ivy and they're, uh... Try, they're, like, basically basically trying to buy, buy her... Buy, bet on her so they can sleep with her later. Uh-huh. And they, yep. just, they just kept going back and forth. Batman says, you don't have that money. Robin says, I'll borrow it from you. Then he, uh, then of course he unleashes the credit card, the bat credit card. Expiration, expiration date forever. Uh, of course, it's so dumb. And of course he says, "Never leave the cave without one." It's another like, you know, uh, what is that? Where product placement? It's that product placement stuff. Oh, man, how, how many dudes were going around with a bat credit card at the time? Uh-huh. That, that'd be a good YouTube video to do. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so funny. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I think you mentioned, like, one or two, but uh, what upcoming works do you and Kevin plan on covering? Um, I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. Um... I don't know. Uh, we want to finish Mission Impossible for sure. Uh, we did James Bond last last um, season. We talked about James Bond. But we didn't really do each episode. I mean, that would be like 24 episodes. Hmm. It, yeah, that'd be a long series. Yeah. Okay, uh, actually, I do have uh, two suggestions for you. 
Uh, you there, dude? Yep, I'm here. Okay, I do have two suggestions for you. They're, uh, both hip-hop, and, uh, this is in no way me slyly trying to suggest that I come on your podcast, talk about them. I assure you it's not that at all. It's, uh, Kanye West, his, uh, first three albums, uh, College Dropout, uh, Late Registration, and Graduation, because they're all college-themed. Yes. And they make up that trilogy, which I think he said he wanted to do, like, a fourth album, but then he uh, did AO8s and Heartbreaks, and mm-hmm. now he's all Jesus Freak. Yeah, I mean, luckily for you, Kevin is a huge Kanye fan. Oh, that's good. And, and we've discussed doing, like, we would do his entire discography. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good, because uh, I thought first, I was wondering, like, okay, is he going to take me seriously, or does he think I'm just trolling him with Kanye? No, I, I think that's genuinely, I mean, that's the best thing about serialized art, is it, like I said earlier, it's, it's everything. Okay. It's, you know, it's books, it's movies, it's albums. Okay, and my uh, second suggestion is uh, Eminem. And huh. I, I say that because uh, he has a lot of serial, serialization, a lot of follow-ups with his albums. Usually, usually two at a time, like, you know, Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP, then there's the Eminem show, Encore. You know, you kind of see the themes going on here? Yeah, I think so. There's also, uh, you know, relapse, recovery. Um, <laughs> then the latest one, which is heralded as his worst album ever. No, revival. Revival, but he had another one that came out. He had two more that came out after that. There was. Oh, oh yeah. shit! What's it called? It's Kamikaze and Mur- Kamikaze. Mu- Music to Murder by. Yeah, music to get murdered by, or music to be murdered by. But yeah, I mean, his discography for sure. We would each we would do an episode on uh, each one of those. I uh, I thought I was just just suggest those two because. Uh, being as big of a fan as, as I am of those two, that's one reason that attracted me to them, especially Eminem, is how he would serialize or keep a theme going uh-huh. for at least two albums. I mean, I think that's the best way to, to do your art, you know? I mean, tackle the same issues but do it in different ways. I think those first three albums of Eminem are just phenomenal. Slim Shady's like, hey, I'm here. Marshall Mathers LP is like, all right, I'm really good. And Eminem show is like, I'm, I'm honed, I'm polished, I'm ready. And then and Encore. Encore is just like, I'm on drugs. Relapses, I'm flushing them out. <laughs> Dude, if I had to choose which was worse, I would go Relapse any time. Totally disagreed. Ooh, to- here we go. Totally disagreed. Okay, okay, let's just do this for a sec. Why you think Encore is worse? I think Encore is... I'm not going to say that any of his stuff is bad, because I've even went back and listened to Revival, and I'm like, this didn't deserve all the hate it got. Uh, I think Marshall Mathers LP2 is probably his worst album. Um, Uh, Semi-disagree. I think there's some good songs on it, but I think the bonus disc with, with, I think, five songs is better than every song on the entire actual album. Um, I think, I think that Relapse, if you can get past the accent, 
it's fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, but uh, once again, I've gotten past the accent, so I think it's fucking incredible. I think Relapse is... It's some of his most innovative rhymes. And, like, if you listen to Stay Wide Awake, that entire second verse, every... Every word is like a rhyme of every word. It's insane. I love I love that album. I'll, I'll put it on. I, I still think Recovery is great. Oh, um, I love Recovery, actually. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the nice thing, too, about... I think this is a pro for serialized art, where everyone can have their different interpretations of something, everyone can have their own opinions, and it's nice because if you have a differing opinion in someone's album, 220,000 people aren't going to die. It's pretty great. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll just very quickly do mine. Uh, I think Encore is better because uh, I think, yeah, first of all, a lot of the rhymes are trash. They don't really go anywhere. You know, it just seems like he's doing it just to show what he can rhyme. You know, pretty much what, what Joe Budden said, you know, you're just saying stuff. There's that. But I think he has, like, a more wide variety of topics on Encore that he raps about. A little bit funner. Whereas with Relapse, uh, first of all, yeah, there's the accents. I It's hard for me to get past that. And, uh, second of all, it's... I just don't think it, the rhymes or the themes are as innovative as Encore. <laughs> yeah, innovative. Yeah. And it's mostly just horrorcore, which, yeah, he started out his career with. But it's just like, uh, one after the other. Well, I, I, think that, I, I think that Relapse is a spiritual sequel to Slim Shady LP. Oh, I kind of agree, oh, agree with you there. Yeah, because, I mean, if you listen to Slim Shady LP, it's outlandish, it's all over the place, and it's also murdercore. But Relapse is Slim Shady going full mental. And I think that that was, you know, the idea. And I, to me, I think that Recovery is a spiritual sequel to Marshall Mathers LP, because it's sharp, it's honed, and uh, it's, you know, it's throwing out media references left and right and so was Marshall Mathers LP because he had, you know, went to that that level. Alright. I think I think the, all four of those are great albums. Alright. And uh the the only two I guess say the only two songs I really like on Relapse are uh Beautiful in part because I actually identify with it. We will yeah. we will not get into that because Unfortunately, Dr. Freud is not here to psychoanalyze us. And two, uh, a little jingle you may remember called, uh, Insane. Oh man, that's the grossest one on the album. Yeah, um, my favorite one, my favorite part of that isn't the song itself, it's, uh, I saw a video once of him performing that, and, uh, like a lot of rappers, he had, like, a hype man. You know, that would say, like, yeah, or, like, repeat certain lines, or if they if there's, like, a back and forth in the song, he's the other person. So it was really funny seeing, you know, this this other unknown dude, probably, you know, big, tough rapper, you know, <laughs> saying how, you know, yeah, am I going to touch you in the bed? Yeah. It's like, wow. And then he fucked me in the shed, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> 
my, my, my two favorites, I would say, are Underground and Stay Wide Awake. But my mom is like a, you know, runner-up. Oh, yeah. My mom does Valium and lots of and drugs. And lots of drugs. That's uh, why I am what I am, because I'm my mom. Yeah, it's uh, great. <laughs> I, okay. I, might, I might listen to Relapse today. Oh, great. I'm glad I inspired you to go listen to that album again. This is great, because I think the next season of something serious... Like, I'm getting really excited about doing it now that I'm editing it, especially. Uh, but yeah, we should definitely go the music route. Okay. Alright, uh, dude. Last last section of this podcast, and, uh... Uh, uh it's not greener pastures, but it's not as bad as COVID, uh, at least I think. Uh, Facebook. Uh, I take it you're not enjoying it as much as you used to. No, no, but, you know, whatever. It's, it is what it is. I know, but, uh, you kind of had a thing there for a sec where, uh, you did, like, a countdown saying of when you were going to delete your Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think it, like, uh-huh. conceded with your album release. Yeah, I released the album and then deactivated it, and then I realized the moment I deactivated it, I wouldn't be able to run the pages that I was running. So there went the carrot and my my fan page. So I'm like, ah, fuck, I have to come back. So I don't know. It's I'm just I'm I set a mental precedent where it's like I I can't be on too much every day, like I was. So and I'm like really restraining myself from commenting on stuff. I'll start commenting and I'm like, why am I doing this? And then I'll stop. Okay, so what I guess what have your specific problems with Facebook been? Well, I watched The Social Dilemma and uh, I encourage everyone to watch that on Netflix, but it's it basically you know, all the stuff on Facebook is just meant to divide everybody and uh, I think that it it has started, I don't know, it's been like, uh, it, it's it's so hard to put this into words, but I think it's created a playground for, you know, QAnon and conspiracy theorists to rise up and take over people who are not necessarily even believing in conspiracy theories, but they're prone to believing bullshit they're just susceptible to it and i think that's more dangerous so the less that you can interact with that playground and play around in it i think you're all for the better so it's it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of bullshit Uh, so uh so we're talking about facebook how about other things like uh twitter are you still active on there not not re- I've never really been active on Twitter. It's interesting because that's the thing I have the most followers on, but I've, no one even fucking retweets or favorites anything, so I just never even post. And that's another thing about the algorithms. It's like the more you post and the frequency that you do, that's when the algorithm picks up your stuff and sends it to people. It's like, this is all bullshit. It, it's, so, it's so phony and fake. It sucks, man. Yeah, of course I ask you this question, because uh, as I noted in my message to you, and on my previous podcast, 
I am once again out of Zuckertras after another oh. 30 day ban. Zuckertras. I love how much you get jailed. I, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, I, <laughs> I have, I call people cunts before and nothing happens. I don't understand. Oh, uh, you want to know I got in this time? Yeah. Okay, um, well, there's a new story about how an activist group here wants to, uh, Name a downtown street after Breonna Taylor, the uh-huh. murder victim who's originally from here. And oh, course, I didn't know that. Yeah, she, yeah her uh, family lives here. I uh, I actually work with one of her cousins. Oh, wow. Yeah, we yeah she's great. We've talked a little bit about it. And, oh, boy. Uh, you can't imagine the shit her, her and her family been through. It's been, oh, fuck, it's been fucking I, I, awful. I guarantee it. I, I guarantee people are knocking down their front door every fucking day and just throwing a bunch of shit at them that's not true. It's that That's another reason that all this stuff gets spread. I mean, there's someone was commenting about how, like, I don't know, I, I can't even remember the exact thing, but, like, Breonna Taylor wasn't actually sleeping. She was cutting cocaine or some shit like that. It's like, I can't believe you believe this. I mean, it's it blows my mind how stupid people are and susceptible to this bullshit but anyway sorry you were saying <laughs> the article no no go off king <laughs> no it's just it, it, it's it hurts my heart so much because you it, in no other time would you believe this it's so obviously a lie and you're like totally true 100 percent, i believe yeah. it and you're like why someone said it if i told you that the sky was green would you believe that? Well, I mean, uh, uh, they would. That's the thing. When you say that, would you jump off a bridge? Of course. Well, I mean, it depends on the. St- wow! So dumb. All right. So, so anyway, yeah, it got the usual hate that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the do- one of the people commenting, I replied, "Okay, ugly." <laughs> oh, hate speech right there. Yep, wow. uh, and I immediately got pinged for. Uh, bullying, harassment, and they gave me 30 days. Wow. It, it might be because you've been in jail so many times where they're just looking for any evidence that you're a repeat offender. Yep. It's so funny that, like, we, you know, I mean, how many times can pedophiles walk free? Meanwhile, all these same people that don't really care about the people that are free are also the ones that are like, save our children. Hashtag save the children. You're like, you know, that was created by QAnon. It's actually making it harder for, you know, law enforcement to find pedophiles. Fuck you, you uh, children now. You're like, oh my god, dude. I work, I work with dickhead who believes all that. Uh, and he's a uh, poison apple, you dummy. He's currently telling his uh, girlfriend who uh, is pregnant and also works with us, so she'll come up and like we'll be talking politics about something. And she'll just interject and say, well, why is that important? You know, why is no one talking about the pedophile elites in Washington? Mm. <sighs> so oh, there's, there's so many of them. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Jesus. So, yeah, anyway, folks, uh, great lesson there. You can uh, talk as much shit as you want about a murder victim, someone murdered by cops in their sleep. But if you, But if you decide to be a dick and call this person ugly, which I assure you this person was objectively ugly, both physically and personality-wise. 
it's funny because you will get thirty that, days. That means that <laughs> I guarantee he doesn't identify with Eminem's song "Beautiful" because he thinks he is. Oh, oh, that's that's funny too. Because before I uh, got the band, I was just looking at his timeline. A lot of stuff about depression on his timeline. I know, which I felt sorry for, but then I went back and looked at his faux posts and his laugh reacts. I was like, eh, fuck it, I'm going to call you ugly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so, so anyway, I'm back on Facebook, but uh, I personally done three things to uh, change myself a little bit. First of all, I'm uh, more on Twitter these days. Like, I'm legitimately enjoying it a lot more than I am Facebook. I, I'm finding that there's more uplifting messages on Twitter, and even if it's like, uh, so t- let me get this straight. You find that this is okay, but this isn't, and you're actually a hypocrite. I find <laughs> that those posts are more positive, and a lot of stuff on Facebook now is getting shared from you know, Twitter and Instagram. People take screenshots and post that. I'm finding that a lot more. So, I guess that's a thing. Those go viral. Yeah, so, yeah, this this just goes for me, though. So, I'm enjoying Twitter a lot more, so technically I'm still, I'm on there. Like, I'm not ditching Facebook, but most of my commentary and hot takes are going to be on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I could call people ugly all day on there, no problem. Yeah, they just definitely don't care about that uh, at all. Oh, yeah, Twitter don't give a shit. And, uh, two, probably the most most uh, courageous thing that I've done, and I'm not uh, exaggerating here, I do consider this courageous on my part, I, uh, unlike every single news source I follow on Facebook, because yeah. that's where I get these arguments from. Some shithead, found... in, some shithead in the Grand Rapids Press comments section. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it's funny, Stu, Stu McAllister told me that, that he did that, and then, uh, I was like, oh, interesting. And then I was scrolling through my Facebook feed and then saw like an MLive article. It was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to unsubscribe. And then I went to the MLive page and I wasn't subscribed. They're just giving you like local newspaper affiliate articles. Oh, They're really? just sending them to you. Yeah. And it's like, and I know Facebook will always do this thing where they give you a notification or put it in your timeline if so-and-so commented on something or so-and-so liked a thing or if someone just shared the article from their own timeline. But it's, it wasn't any of those things. It was like, Grand Rapids Press, put this up. Here's the article. <laughs> you want to go You want to go comment? And it's like, what the fuck? Uh. I'm not even subscribed to this. So I just, I snoozed it. Yeah, I mean, I follow those things on Twitter now, but the difference between Twitter and Facebook is that Facebook, on, like, say, a random article, will, like, uh, give you, like, one or two comments from the comments section. Uh And they are always the worst. So if I'm I'm scrolling by and there's one about a BLM vigil, say, downtown Rosa Park Circle... The first comment would be like, yeah, they better stay off the road. I'll run them all over. Then it's like, well, time for me to make a comment on that because that's such a horrible comment. So that temptation is gone now. That's good. And 
And this doesn't really have to do anything with the current banning, but I did unfriend like eight people that I was sick of seeing on my timeline. Uh-huh. One of whom was like this big brain centrist guy. Yeah, you know, just really weird. Like he, th- like he, th- he thinks, you know, as good as Biden is compared to Trump, that he'll bring in like some Romney, Mitt Romney. Republican, Republicans into the Democratic fold and all this shit. Just fucking fantasies. I got sick of seeing that. The indication of that is it's it's mind-blowing. I, uh, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and if you, you, can't, you can't win them all. Yeah, I know. But it's one of those things like, okay, okay, I'm trying to be less stressful on Facebook and I acknowledge that from like now on, two hits will probably give me a thirty day ban. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna yeet you off my friends list because uh, I'm probably I'm probably gonna say something that'll get me banned. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, you're very courageous. Good for you. Yep, that's me, Captain Courageous. <laughs> Captain Crunch Courageous. Ooh, there you go. No, that's the, that's the name of my next album. <laughs> right. Okay, very last thing that I would like to say for this podcast and uh and to, to end this section is that uh something that Zuckerberg said like I think a month ago that I found really interesting. Like it's one of those things that these people say but I don't think they realize what they're saying exactly. You know, kinda like that Spotify guy saying that uh artists need to keep producing material all the time, no matter what, uh-huh. is that uh, I think Zuckerberg said, "Gee, I really hope that Facebook doesn't destroy society." Wow! Yeah, look it up, man. He could not have been more wrong. Uh, I about it, to say. It, so I want to ask you, Garrett, uh, based on your experiences and hatred of Facebook and social media, can it destroy society? It already has. I mean, I, I've. I can't tell you how many family members I've lost. Uh, and it's like, I love my family, but you realize I think I love them because I'm supposed to. I, I don't. I would never talk to these people. And uh, either that is helpful or it hurts, but I think it only hurts because they're dumb, susceptible, easily targeted people who are just it's easy for them to get sucked into an echo chamber. And then people are going to be like, well, you're creating an echo chamber by blocking those people. It's like, yeah, I don't need to hear their opinion because I already fucking know it. (laughs) I don't need to see it. I know what they think because they're dumb. It's, it's easy. Why you're just being assumptive. And it's a fucking correct assumption. Okay. Well, let's bring this podcast to a close brother. One last One very last question, since uh, we have an election coming up. Who do you think will win, Trump or Biden? Um, I, I say Biden, and I say that because he has more people across multiple groups that will vote for him. Trump only has his base, and he's been turning Republicans away nonstop. And that's something that is not getting reported on, but it is true. 
and polls are showing it. Polls are more accurate than they were with Hillary. This is a different year, and people generally like Biden. People generally hated Hillary. I think, I think those are all the reasons, and this is the big double down. I think that Trump is going to contest the, um, the outcome of the election, and that's going to be the next big shitstorm that we're going to have to face in November. Yeah. I'm re- really afraid of that in the coming civil war. But I think Trump is. Or I'm, I think Biden's going to win. I agree. I agree with everything you said, and I do think Biden will win. But uh, for one really specific reason, I mean, there's a ton of others like you just mentioned, but one reason why I think he's going to get it: 2020. Like this has just been such an awful fucking year with everything, and especially uh, COVID, Trump's response to COVID, the up, the uprisings. And even other things like the wildfires or uh, him assassinating that Iranian official at the beginning of the year. It's like, yep. it's like, geez. It's either all going to come back to haunt us or we're going to have a nice bow on top that's going to wrap it up per- perfectly with Biden. So. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for like just th- how awful this year is, I don't know if Biden could win. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's. I say this all the time, but all Trump had to do was be a fucking leader. That's all he had to do, be a president. We're going to get through this. Wear your mask, social distance. Um, you know, we had a good economy. Now it's bad. It's gonna. I'm going to make it great again. Like, he had to say all these things, but also have some compassion. But he is too fucking stupid. And he just said, I'm going to double down with my base, which is only 35%, by the way. And shut out all these other people who are perfectly logical and rational. And also, there are perfectly logical, rational Republicans. And he's just shutting every one of them out. And it's like, you're a dumb motherfucker. He could have had this in the bag. But he's too stupid. Oh yeah, both both Trump... Millions of people have already voted. Millions of people's ballots have already been counted, already put in the fucking pot. And he is too stupid. He's still doubling down on it. Oh yeah, but... Both him and both Biden and Trump have had moments where it's like, do, do you really want to win? Well, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. But Trump, oof. Especially, yeah. especially since he, uh, quote-unquote, defeated COVID. Uh, I mean, that, that, was another, that was another lesson for him. He could have said, I've changed my position. I now realize how dangerous this is. My heart goes out to all the people who have died. I could have died, but I didn't. I'm here to support you, and we're going to pass this in the in the you know the Congress. We're going to get this going. I'm so sorry, but he he has the inability to admit that he's ever made a mistake, and that is his downfall. That's yeah. his Achilles' heel, and he's going down fucking hard. And I cannot wait until he dies. I mean, until he's. <laughs> Not president anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I fucking hate him. It, sat, uh, satire FBI, if you're listening. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I was, I was a heavy at my job among my uh, coworkers. I was, uh, I was betting that he would die. I mean, uh-huh. both because of, well, his health for one, two, yeah. two, just the fact that he just flagrantly. You know, just been a shithead since the beginning of this pandemic. It's like it's about time you finally caught it. Yeah. And and finally, 
again, 2020. The thing about the thing about this year, I said this uh, two weeks ago, was uh, 2020 is the year where uh, you ask yourself what could possibly happen next, and that thing will happen next. And uh, coincidentally, the day I declared that, that was when they uncovered the plot to kidnap Whitmer. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, well, there you go. See, I literally within like an hour of me declaring this, it happened. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, but that's the thing. Just Trump dying of COVID in 2020, just moi, just perfect. It well, I mean, that's, fits, that's, this, fits this year perfectly. That's the thing, dude. Is Herman Cain said he felt great and then died later. Uh, you know, we're almost a month out, from, or less than a month out from Trump having COVID. We're almost we're <laughs> le- way less than a month out from the actual election. I mean, the time frame works perfectly where. <laughs> November 3rd is voting day. November 4th, Trump dies. November, you know, 15th, Biden is declared the winner. I mean, it, it could easily happen. I know. Well, first of all, uh, are you a fan of the Metal Gear series at all? Um, I played, I think, the second game on PlayStation years ago, but I haven't. I, I okay. never really Okay, well, you might, get, you might get this reference then. I uh, did tweet that uh, that. That I would vote straight Republican if uh, Trump's last words before he died of COVID was "Fox die, <laughs> Fox die." I get it. <laughs> I'm glad someone gets it. <laughs> okay, dude. All right. All right, man. Uh, we're nearly an hour and a half. I think we're good on this podcast. All right, cool. Just cut out all me, all the times I disparage Trump, and then we're good. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, leave it all. Leave I it will, all. but we're keeping in those wind chimes. Those are fucking awesome. Uh, I hope it's not too loud on the recording. Nah, it's just so windy. Nah, it's fine. Okay, Garrett. Uh, anything you would like to plug, man? I know there. I know you, there are some things you would like to plug. Yeah, I'd love to plug up all of uh, Trump's arteries. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, uh, if if people just Google my name, Garrett G E. L-Z-I-N-G-A. You'll find stuff. I have a website, GarrettElzinga.com. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My YouTube is pretty active. There's, you know, the Carrot Podcast, Something Serial, This Better Be Good. All those videos are up there. My albums, Perspective, Bullet Biter, The MC Session, Slight Return. You can find all that stuff. Just, you know, it's, it's all connected. Okay. Uh, let's try this out louder. Get it louder. We we need we need more wind chimes. Maybe next time it won't happen. Okay, okay, Garrett. Uh, before we end here, I would again like to correct, congratulate you on the new EP. Congratu- Thank you. Congratulations on over a thousand streams on Spotify. Yay! And you. and I would also like to congratulate you on. Uh, well, I discovered this while I was looking back on past episodes this year, but. You are the second most featured guest on this podcast this year. Wow, three times. Yep, three. Th- this is the third time. You're right behind my editor, the ever level Zach Elmblad, who, uh, God, I don't know how many times he's, he's been on for like the three seasons I've done this podcast. <laughs> wow. So, uh, congratulations, man. Uh, put Thanks. that put that in your bio, like, as featured on the Garrett Schalke podcast. I will. Just remember, I'll have to remember how to spell your last name. S-C-H-U-L-E-C-K-E? 
What? Oh, wow, I never heard that one. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I never heard that spelling. It's, uh, S-C-H-U-E-L-K-E. Yep. Uh, uh, so close, yet so far. Yeah, very far, but, you know, all it takes is one letter to fuck it up. Okay. All right, Garrett, uh, thanks for, uh, coming back on on this, uh, cold, rainy fall Saturday, man. Thanks for having me, bud. Yeah, uh, glad, glad to hear that, uh, that you're doing well in your artistic endeavors. I'm glad you're still healthy and still alive. Mm. And, uh... Same, same for you. Keep putting the podcast out. Yep. And as I said the previous time you were on, during the COVID Life podcast, hopefully next time we talk, it'll be under vastly better conditions. Uh, I hope so, too. I hope it's in person. Oh, man, that's going to rock. You're going to love these mics that I got. I'm excited. Okay. And uh, thank you, folks, for listening. You can uh, check out everything about me at garrettshalke.tumblr.com. Like I said, I'm uh, mostly on Twitter now, so check out check out my personal Twitter, at garrettshalke, one word. And follow the podcast Twitter, at shalkypodcast. Po- and, of course, you can listen to this on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Internet Archive, YouTube, etc., etc. You're probably listening to it right now on one of those. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Garrett, for uh, talking with me today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yep. And thank you, folks, for listening. Here is the outro song. For a minute with my homies Remember when Boy RD was our favorite ravioli I'm climbing to the top with the day ones on me I feel you with more holes than a Detroit goalie now We got French chefs whipping up gnocchi Bechamel on the rag, we knocking out jabronis Stomach pack, money stack, work for all the cronies Posted up on the block, we ain't never getting lonely I can't sleep, my back hurts and I can't handle this I'm sick of hearing you bitching like take a hit of this cannabis It's scandalous when I come out spitting fire like handle this I'm hand to hand combat on some Bruce Lee and the dragon shit Let the hate flow from my mouth like I'm a devil I'm sick of these people running their mouth when they ain't on my level I'm a rebel, I'm pissed off and I'm sick of fake friends I'm sick of all that bullshit that sticks around with them Rolling nails and smoking blunts ain't trying to make amends I'm sick of them coming around when I'm twisting ends Cause on God if I blow up I'ma buy a fucking Benz Give my moms a fucking house and feed all my fucking friends Let me kick it for a minute with my homies Remember when Boy RD was a favorite ravioli I'm climbing to the top with the day ones on me I feel you with more hoes than a Detroit goalie now We got French chefs whipping up gnocchi Bechamel on the rag, we knocking out jabronis Stomach pack, money stack, work for all the cronies Posted up on the block, we ain't never getting lonely I don't fuck around, so get up out of here before you get popped Cop the fresh crew, I don't shop no fucking thrift shop I smoke hot, eyes bloodshot, coming out full swing Fuck around, best get to ducking, call me Darkwing With pinpoint precision, I'll smack you upside your don't beast You saying some stupid shit, boy, you ain't acting grown, B Hear the phone ring, that's
that's my dude, hey, what's up? I picked up a fresh bag, let me roll the next blunt Cop some papers from the station, we are about to get fucked up Cashier looks stuck up, bitch about to get shook up Give me them grape raps and don't ask me no questions Busting my ass at work, I don't need you stressing I'm here to get my shit, not for another life lesson I bought a Gatorade, yeah, that's grape too And guess what the weed is, it's grape, babe, dude Got two cars, I use one just for smoking. Can't have my kid going to class smelling potent. System in the back, eyes barely open. I'm trying to make a hundred K and get my mouth frozen. Let me kick it for a minute with my homies. Remember when Boy RD was a favorite ravioli? I'm climbing to the top with the day ones on me. I feel you with more hoes than a Detroit goalie now. We got French chefs whipping up Nioki. Bechamel on the rag, we knocking out jabronis. Stomach pack, money stack, work for all the cronies. Posted up on the block, we ain't never getting lonely. 